Has your brand been struggling to reach the correct audience when advertising? We've all done it. Maximize privacy filters on our phones and apps because who wants to be talking about something for it to pop up mysteriously later? It's weird and everyone hates it. Did you know that podcast advertising is way more effective than display advertising? With 67% of listeners remembering brands and 63% making a purchase after hearing them. You know how much we love Zencaster, and their new creator network is no different. Whether you want to diversify your ad spend, add a new marketing stream, or test out podcast ads, Zencaster's creator network makes it easy for brands to connect with podcasters. Zencaster's creator network is a perfect place for you to get into podcast ads and sponsor your favorite creators, like us. So stop wasting advertising dollars on ad campaigns that aren't targeting your niche audience. Let Zencaster's creator network match you with podcasters who can ensure that your target audience is being reached. We love Zencaster so much and being able to see ad opportunities come across our dashboard with a percentage match to see how much our audiences line up is game changing. It helps creators really get behind brands that mean something to them. And with a podcast show for just about anything you can think of, your brand is no exception. Are you interested in sponsoring this show or podcast ads for your business? Go to zen.ai slash gruesome and fill out the contact information so Zencaster can help you bring your business story to life. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie, along with Christmas aficionado Meg. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's after Halloween, but now we can officially say it. Uh, Except for to... our one-day break on one Thanksgiving. Day. It's a sabbatical. <laughs> like, you take a Christmas sabbatical for Thanksgiving, and then you get right back to it. It's like halftime. <laughs> it's the halftime of Christmas. Okay, and not so Christmassy fun stuff tonight megan's gonna crush us with the murder of lee lee yes unfortunately my episode tonight is very sad it also kind of aligns with um the delphi press conference that we just had this week and we are gonna have a mini come out soon talking about that press conference and just kind of our general thoughts on it um for november but I think we can all agree five years is too long for those little girls to see justice. And that makes me really sad. It's just a really cruel world sometimes. And I think mm-hmm. that this case is evidence of that as well. It just makes and I you think feel it, powerless. I think it's hard in a situation, like especially with the Delphi case, because the the officers and like the Delphi Police Department, they have worked around the clock. Like this isn't one where it's like, oh, it's a, it's it was a cold case. It kind of just like sat. They've been following every lead that they had it's just unfortunate that it took so long because they had so many i mean we talked like i said we're gonna talk about this in the little mini that we have but i this the person they arrested isn't even the person i thought that it actually was so this is yeah crazy um, well ready to see more of what comes from that Uh, i agree just wish we could you know protect all of these innocent people yeah The girl I would like to talk about today, Lee Mears, who was affectionately known as Lee Lee after her mother had been in a relationship and had another daughter with a man whose last name was Lee. 
and she wanted her last name to match her new sisters, so she became Lily. I love that. I know it's very cute. Um, your trigger warnings tonight involve sexual violence, gross violence, and death involving children. I we're going to talk about victim shaming and rape a lot tonight, so it might be a pretty triggering case for some people. Um. And when we talk about victim shaving, as you know, like it's gross, it's disgusting. And we do try to talk to each other the same way we would talk if there weren't a jillion people listening to us talk, Mm -hmm. just if we were telling each other about this. So some things you might agree with us on and sometimes you might not. Either way, we'll say what we're Glad you're here. Glad you're here. So I didn't realize when I started writing this, but this crime occurred exactly pretty much almost exactly 33 years ago in 1989. Lee was a 14-year-old girl from a suburb of Newcastle, New South Wales in Australia. She was in year eight at Newcastle High. And year eight is similar to freshman year of high school in America. It's like their ninth year of schooling. Um, If you're from Australia, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Just that was just what my Googler told me. Lee was just your average teenager. She had aspirations of one day becoming a veterinarian. She loved going to the movies and roller skating with her friends. She was well behaved but acted out occasionally. As I mentioned, Lee had a younger sister, Jessie, and a mother who she was close with, Robin. Like most mothers, Robin was protective of her daughter. Lee had recently come home with an invitation to the 16th birthday party of a local boy named Jason. The party was going to be huge, and Lee believed that there would be supervision at the party and assured her mother that this party that was at a local surf club right next to the beach would also be attended by adults. It was the first party that she had been invited to that made her feel like, you know, like a grown-up. Like, this is my first teenager party. Um, It's going to be great. The invitation did say BYO, and being that we're all teenagers at some point, Lee's mom and stepfather, Brad, understood that that probably meant that there was going to be alcohol. They probably weren't saying, bring your own squeeze-its. It also said that the party would last all night, from 7 p.m. until dawn the next day. Teenagers are persistent. I remember the exact first time I made the deal with my dad to go to a party, and I was like, hey, if you let me go to this party, you can drop me off, you can pick me up at the exact time. I won't be drinking, because obviously I wouldn't drink if you picked me up. I did drink, but... (laughs) Um, Lee made a similar deal. If they let her go to the party with her friends at 7 o'clock, she would stay until 11. Her stepdad, Brad, could pick her up, and if she wasn't exactly where she said she would be at 11 p.m., then she wouldn't go to another party, she would be grounded, she wouldn't be allowed to go to the dance, whatever. She just wanted to prove herself as trustworthy. She was going to be there, and they agreed. They were like, all right, it's just four hours, no big deal. There was a band playing at this party, and she had a crush on a boy that would be there. She was going to be hanging out with her friends in this, you know, grown-up environment. At 7 p.m., 
Lee was dropped off at a pizza place to meet her two friends. They were going to walk the one mile to the surf club from the pizza place, and she was going to be at that meeting spot at 11. But when Brad arrived at the meeting spot, Lee was not there, thinking, okay, maybe she lost track of time. Mm -hmm. He went into the party to look for her, and he found that the promised adult supervision had actually been a couple of guys barely older than 18. They had been (laughs) acting as bouncers in exchange for a brick of beer. Which, of course, yeah, there'll be adults there. I mean, they are adults. Legally. (laughs) Technically. (laughs) The party was full of drunk teenagers doing the things that drunk teenagers do. After asking around, no one seemed to know where Lee was. Jason, the boy who had thrown the party, helped look for her. Also couldn't find her. So Brad drove home about an hour later to talk to Robin. He explained that the party had been not what they thought it was going to be. And he was going to go back, but she should stay there because maybe Lee was going to make her way home without him. Like maybe she got in a ride. Maybe she decided to walk home and left early. Either way, Robin was going to stay. Brad was going to go out and continue searching for her. He arrived back at the surf club and found that many of the partygoers were out on the beach. And when there was still no sign of Lee by 2 a.m., he went and got his like three-wheeler all-terrain cycle to drive around the dunes and look for her. But it was really dark, and it was a beach, so it was kind of vast, and it was really hard to see anything. So Lee was not found that night. After hours of probing the beach for her, he gave up and assumed she had probably just gone to a friend's house. She was just somewhere asleep. She would definitely be grounded when she got home the next day. But when Lee still hadn't arrived home, Robin began frantically calling all of her friends. Brad made his way back to the beach to search again around 9 a.m. When he arrived... A half a mile in the distance, he noticed a group of people motioning toward the sand and engaged in discussion about whatever they appeared to be looking at. As he approached the group, he was hit with the sinking feeling of dread as he realized that who they were looking at was Lee. Oh, shit. Lee was nude. Her shorts were hanging off of her ankle. The party invitation still in her pocket. Her shoes and socks were still on, but her face was almost unidentifiable. She was covered in bruises, and one side of her face had been completely shattered. A 13-pound bloodstained chunk of concrete lay nearby. Jason had found her after he had gotten a phone call from Robin saying that Lee had never come home. The police and media descended quickly. The police had known about the party the night before because they had checked it out. They came through around 8.30, an hour and a half after the party had started, but everyone had hit their booze and everything seemed like it was going smoothly. Like a good old wholesome party. Just a normal 16-year-old birthday party. Even the people who lived around the clubhouse stated that the party had been pretty quiet. Everyone except for one witness who claimed to have heard a female scream 
followed by a male cursing right after. And the media took quotes from anyone who would talk to them. It did not matter if they knew Lee, if they didn't know Lee. They were just, whoever would talk to them, they were going to print what they said. People were claiming to be her best friends. They were saying that there had been a hundred people at the party. They reported that Lee had been gang raped or raped several times during the night. Lee had not been sexually active before the night of the party. But when the results of her autopsy were returned, it revealed that she had been raped several times that night and she had been subjected to sexual mutilation. While she had been strangled, while she was alive, her cause of death was presumed to be the large chunk of rock that had been smashed over her head. Police assumed that more than one person was involved, but they weren't sure. So they started to interview. There's a lot of people at this party. They had to interview all of the kids. And can you guess what happened? They started blaming Lee. <laughs> well, none of them talked initially. No oh. one said anything. Of course. There were kids as young as 10 at this party. That's gross. Yes. And as old as 19. None of them wanted to get into trouble. None of them wanted their friends to get into trouble. A lot of them had been under the influence. Some of them couldn't remember what was happening, or if they did, they weren't sure, or they were saying they weren't sure. There was just a lot of either making up stories or just claiming that they didn't know or they weren't there. And these things paired with what is a very cultural don't talk to cops, don't snitch mentality in that area significantly impeded this investigation. Jason, birthday boy, told police that everyone had pretty much been drinking soda. Lee had had a couple of drinks, but we were mostly drinking Coke and only the older guys at the party had been drinking alcohol. So everyone was sober except for Lee and the older guys. Yep, exactly. Mm. And it wasn't just the kids that were doing this at this party. Their parents were also like, it's none of our business. Don't talk to the cops. Do not snitch on your friends. If any of those parents knew anything, they chose to be quiet in the interest of saying that they were minding their own business. Eventually, investigators wore down just a couple of kids who had to be reassured that no one would know that they were the ones who talked to police because there would be significant ramifications if they were the ones that did. Robin had dropped Lee off at the pizza place and she had met her friends at seven o'clock, but an older person had also been there and purchased them a bottle of bourbon. And this was her first party. She had never really drank. She didn't realize how quickly the effects of alcohol would hit her. She mixed the bourbon with soda and drank too much too quickly. By the time she got to the party, Lee was already drunk. When she arrived, Matthew Webster, one of the 18-year-olds serving as a bouncer, drew a green X that signified she was allowed entry. They continued to interview witnesses after this. They were prying them for any information. All they had so far was, okay, someone bought them alcohol. They got to the party. 
there were roughly 60 partygoers, and they were all suspects. Almost none of them had been eliminated as suspects in the days following the murders. Eventually, some of the girls that knew Lee said that she had left the clubhouse around 9 p.m. and then returned a little while later, but she was really upset. She told her friends that she had been raped and that she was pregnant, but the girls were like, we weren't sure if what she was really saying if she was telling the truth because she was drunk. They alleged that they said that they asked if they should call her parents, but Lee told them no and then just went back outside. Lee was buried on November 9th, 1989, and every boy at that party felt a shroud of guilt over them. Even the bouncer, Matt, talked to a local newspaper and told them that there was nothing to do in pet town and that the party had gotten too rowdy, so he had, act- he had left to go get beer at a nearby pub because these kids were too crazy. Newspaper articles ran about the prevalence of gang rape in rural Australia. This would have been fine, except that the papers also reported that it was oftentimes the girl's fault for putting herself in harm's way. Fuck that. There it is, right? There were girls that were quoted for not reporting their own rapes because the the shame that they felt and the fact that they felt that they would be blamed for being under the influence. Because and they obviously printed, they were. Yeah, and they... <laughs> exactly. In an article about the prevalence, they're still quoting like, oh, girls don't report their rapes because they'll feel shame, but it's also because they're putting themselves... In, like, they're absolutely right. That's why they're not doing it, because no one is backing them up. Other papers printed quotes from people in the community suggesting that Lee was, quote, a bit of a sleep around, while others suggested that no rape had occurred at all. This was a 14-year-old girl who had never been sexually active. This is a 14-year-old girl who it wouldn't fucking matter if she was sexually active. Like, it wouldn't matter if she was sexually active because it that doesn't warrant getting your head smashed in with the with a fucking yeah. rock. Yes. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ugh. This case, it flipped the town on its head. The town began to turn on each other. People were breaking out into fights. If they thought you talked to the cops, they were fighting each other. They were starting to say, this guy talked to the cops. That girl talked to the cops. There were other people who were whispering, oh, how could they do that? It must have been this person. It was just a rumor mill and a half. Finally, detectives busted out a couple of new leads. Unfortunately, the lead from two girls who had told police that they had fought off attackers that had tried to kidnap and rape them at 3 a.m. on November 4th turned out to be not true. However, one lead did seem promising. Witnesses claimed that Matt, the bouncer, had been heard saying, we're all going to get Lee pissed and go through her. And another boy was heard saying, I'm going to go and fuck her. This had been shortly before Lee had come back and told her friends that she had been raped. As it turned out, Lee had told people at the party who had raped her and that she hated him. Her legs, her legs 
you could see blood on her and she was crying and looking for help. She was wandering into this party and out again, looking for someone to help her and no one helped her. In fact, when she got outside, a group of boys surrounded her and called her a slut for being raped. The 19-year-old bouncer, Guy Wilson, then demanded she have sex with him, too. And when she refused, he pushed her onto the ground and spit on her. No one helped her. The other boys did the same. Up to 10 boys surrounded Lee as she laid on the ground and proceeded to call her names like slut, pig, and bitch. They repeatedly kicked her in the head and spit on her. They poured their beer on her and threw bottles at her as she tried to hide away from them. Once she was able to get away, Lee picked up a beer bottle and threw it at them, which she should have thrown a fucking Molotov cocktail at them. Right. Like, that's what they deserved. But the abuse continued while she sobbed and vomited. Eventually, one of the boys told police that he had seen Lee inside the party after that with his group of friends, and they also called her names like Mole and Slut. They poured their beers on her and spat on her, and she left the room crying. The last time she was seen was around 10.15, and she was sobbing and headed toward the beach alone. This poor girl was tortured at every turn, and everyone at this party saw it happen. Where are her friends? When, when I was researching and when I was reading through stuff on this case, a lot of, because it is 1989, a lot of the things were saying, like, the girls didn't want to be the ones to step in because they didn't want to become the target themselves. And that's that bullshit. was why. That's weak bitch mentality. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going to say it. That's if you are ever in a situation where you see a girl, any person being abused like that and you don't step in. That's weak mind, weak bitch, douchebag mentality. And I think I, I understand. I understand the I don't want to be in that situation. But even if you were like, get her out, like be like, yeah, hey, we're leaving. Like, you don't have to like step up and be a martyr. But one, she is physically hurt. Yes. Like. This is not just like, oh, she stumbled out of a room and people are calling her a slut, which, by the way, is not cool either. But this is like she has evidence that she was raped because I'm sorry. When you are that drunk, no yes is a, 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 go, a great No point. yes is a yes. No. Yeah, it's always a no if you are like, at that point. But obviously, these kids didn't care. They had already no. they had already intended to do this. They had talked about it before. On November 15th. Finally, remember this started on the third, three of the partygoers were brought in for questioning. The first was the 15-year-old that had initially raped Lee. His name is redacted because minor. Then Guy Wilson and Matt Webster. Guy's 19, Matt's 18. The 15-year-old and Guy when asked about their alibis, they didn't have a specific place that they had been. They were just, we were at the party hanging out. Matt said, as he had told the newspaper reporter, that he had left the party to go to a pub. But the lie detector test determined that was a lie. 
there wasn't really a lie detector test. They just went and talked to the pub and they were like, nope, he wasn't here that night. And so Matt was forced to admit that, yep, he had lied and he didn't have an alibi for the night and time of Lee's death. The 15-year-old was initially charged with sexual intercourse with a child between the ages of 10 and 16. And Guy and Matt were charged with assault. Matt was also, he was charged for buying weed for minors. The older guys made their $1,000 bail the next day. And the other boy was released to his mom. The community was relieved because they just wanted this stain on their town to go away. There is the sole hero in this town is this guy named Graham Parsons who made a bunch of posters that illustrated three guys holding a rock over a girl. And it said, shame, shame, dob the gutless bastards in, which means like tell on them. And he put them all over town, but the next day they somebody had ripped them all down. Because this town was set in their stance that boys will be boys. Just let the whole thing blow over. Boys like you know boys. It's not murdering a girl, but yeah, boys okay. will be boys is like peeing on the floor on accident. That's mm-hmm. boys will be boys. Like wrestling around with each other and like being weird. Like being too rough when they play boys will be boys it's like oh they're jumping off the chairs again they're climbing shit like not we're gonna gang rape and rape girls and murder them that's not boys will be boys that's monsters will be monsters and it's not gonna blow over because it didn't blow over for lee or her mom or her sister or anyone who loved her you know this is it never gets to blow over for them so why should it blow over for that community On December 15th, Matthew Webster pleaded guilty to assaulting Lee and selling weed to two other 14-year-old girls. Guy Wilson entered no plea, and the teenage minor pleaded guilty to sex with a child. But after an appeal, the judge found that Lee, who was not there to speak for herself because she had been brutally murdered by these idiots had consensual sex with the minor. Despite all of the reports that indicated that was obviously not true, and he received community service. There was a witness statement during this trial in which a young man remembered the teenage rapist asking if the baldies were coming, and baldies meant lack of pubic hair. Gross, I know. But this was a regular thing that the older high school-aged boys would do. They wanted to invite, as they called them, baldies in the years seven or eight. And, you know, like Lily and her friends with the sole intention of getting them drunk and raping them. He said that was what they always did. This was a continuous thing throughout years. So after the judge ruled that Lee's rape had been consensual, the town just continued to spread malicious rumors about this little girl. One rumor involving her stepdad was so heavily circulated that Brad became a suspect in her murder. Then Brad was charged with assault after Guy Wilson taunted him and told him that his young daughter... Lee's younger sister was going to be next. He fucking KO'd this guy and then got in more trouble than the asshole that had helped murder his daughter. Mm. 
Matt Webster was also harassed by people, rightly so. And Matt smashed a guy through a door for trying to say he was guilty of the murder and was fined only $250 for that. I know. So stupid. The community tried to run Lee's mom, Robin, out of town saying that if they hadn't moved there in the first place, this wouldn't have happened. And those poor boys wouldn't be going through this. She had to take her younger daughter out of school because the harassment was relentless. And not just for the family, for anyone who, again, was suspected of talking to police or pointing their fingers at the people responsible. Even the media blamed the parents of these partygoers and Lee herself because they kept saying like, well, there was no supervision and they had alcohol. What did they expect to happen? Which is just another version of victim, victim shaming. blaming. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't until February of 1990, the next year, that Matthew Webster suddenly gave a full confession. Matthew told police, quote, well, I did it, but I just couldn't believe it happened. It's just unbelievable. I went there to look for my beers and I saw Lily sitting down on the grass and my beers weren't there. Somebody must have pinched them. And then I walked up to Lily and she carried on with her normal shit and I tried to get on her. Then we walked down to the bushes and I pulled her clothes off. And then he detailed his sexual assault of Lee and explained that he had been punching and or she had been punching and pushing when he grabbed her by the throat. Despite her saying don't, Matthew continued to choke her before she stopped punching. He then grabbed the rock and killed her on an impulse because he thought that she would tell on him. A psychologist was called to speak at this trial, and I wanted to read their quote as well because they said, Webster attacked Lily not so much because she would not let him have sex with her, but because she became the living proof that even a slut, the property of the clan, thought he was not good enough to have sex with her. It is for this reason he proceeded to strangle her. All the pent-up rage which Webster had managed to control for most of his life was unleashed, not by drugs and alcohol, but what he perceived to be an extreme rejection. And this quote's important because this whole case inspired um, plays and movies, and they were called initially the property of the clan because it was absolutely a culture thing involving, you know, what they perceived as ownership and they could do anything they wanted to girls. Hmm. He was charged with Lily's murder, just her murder, not her sexual assault, and given 20 years in prison. It took police more than three months to press charges against him, even though they had established within 10 days that he had lied about his alibi, he had stated his intention to rape Lee, and he had the opportunity to commit the crime with witnesses. He was refused bail because of the seriousness of everything and because police feared for his safety if he returned to town. Guy Wilson was also rearrested and given six months prison time. However, his family was tormented and their house was lit on fire because they thought that Guy had snitched on Matt. What? 
The community rallied around Matt and his family. They suggest that he had been pushed to his breaking point and there must have been a reason why. Because he was just a gentle giant. He's not a gentle giant. No, obviously. Not he, at all. Like, he had thrown a guy through a door, you know, on top of this the fact that he raped and murdered someone. Even during sentencing, the judge overseeing this case, Justice Wood, was blaming Lee and the parents of the partygoers. He called Webster a first offender of otherwise good character and suggested that Lee was a willing participant of the activities that had occurred that night. These are things he said when he was giving like his judgment. Newspapers reported that this event was what Lee had chosen for herself and that parents in those days were just too permissive. But they failed to talk about the culture of violence against women and girls that had been rooted in that community at the time. And while, you know, I would say one and a half men were held guilty for what happened to Lee, there was an entire group of teenagers that mercilessly, physically, verbally abused Lee and never saw any consequences. And the community protected them and made sure that no one knew who they were. And a lot of the physical evidence didn't even match Matthew Webster's confession because the blood spatter had come from more than one direction, almost like a rock had been picked up and thrown from several different angles. His version of her sexual assault didn't align with the severe damage that had been done to her body. He claimed to have choked her with his left hand, but the bruising was consistent with someone's right hand. It was as though someone had held her down while she was hit with this rock. Matthew Webster may have taken the fall, but more people were guilty. And it is complete and utter bullshit that more people didn't see consequences when this happened. They never and saw any consequences after that? Like, that was it? Just hit, he was the only one? We're going to go into a little bit more, but yeah, pretty much. He's the only one. And shame on that community. Yeah, that's Robin disgusting. had... She had to move out of town. Lee's mom had to move out of town because she was bullied. Um, but there was one person of influence that heard her, and it was Professor Carrie Carrington. She wrote a ton of articles about Lily, and she poured over this case and its evidence. She conducted new interviews um, and did her own research. And she explicitly believed that more than one person was involved and that those people needed to be brought to justice. In January of 1994, Robin wrote to Professor Carrington and pretty much begged for her help. Uh, she arranged for the Academics for Justice to fund Robin's appeal and introduced her to lawyers that could help her. And in May of 93, before that, Robin and Jesse had been awarded like $30,000 in victim compensation. Where's Brad at this point? They separated in 92 because of the trial. Yeah, he, um, he spent a week in a hospital for the ongoing stress. And it just like it was too much for both of them. I get and it. Yeah. her dad, because Brad was her stepdad, but her real dad um, attempted suicide because the effects were so intense and again, just the harassment and the bullying from the media, from everyone. Um, 
sorry, in 93, they got a small settlement in victim compensation. It was about $30,000. And a forensic specialist attested that they believed that Lee had been raped with an inflexible object, like a bottle. Her injuries were consistent with this. Um, and another appeal was granted, and Robin and Jesse won like another one hundred and thirty. That they ended up getting one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in compensation, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Like that, nothing will ever bring her daughter back. Uh, in the new appeal, the judge named six boys involved in the assaults, and in ninety-five, they attempted to have the investigation reopened because there was evidence that more than one person had been involved. There was a range of assaults committed against not only Lee, but other people at the party and other young men who were sexually assaulting women that were never even reported. And the range of the other assaults committed by those 10 people who were hitting and kicking her and calling her names. So they were like, we want this reopened. It's not fair that this one person was found guilty when everyone was guilty. Again, the community found out about them potentially reopening this case like six years after the fact. And... Robin had to go into hiding because she started getting death threats from people who believed that everyone had moved on and she needed to move on. And it was just too far gone to bring it all back up again. Professor Carrington released a book, Who Killed Lily? Um, a story of shame and mateship in an Australian town. And it is about just the culture of how that happened. It criticized police over how they handled the investigation um, it laid out all the evidence she had about what happened that night, and they worked really hard to get this case reopened. But unfortunately, the only thing that happened was that Matthew Webster was granted parole in June of 2004 after serving 14 years of his 20-year sentence for one of the most awful crimes I've ever heard about. His family said that they were relieved that his crime had been forgiven and that they would like it to be forgotten but bitch as long as i have a podcast it won't matt ever Webster. you son of a bitch don't worry three months after his release his parole was revoked and he was charged with two counts of assault and maliciously inflicting grievous bodily harm uh because he got into a fight and he gave a guy a broken jaw Oh, this he, gentle giant, huh? This gentle giant pulled a knife on a guy and broke his jaw. So weird how that works. Um, oh the charges God. were eventually dropped due to a lack of evidence. And Matthew was released again later that year. Fuck that guy. Yeah, you know, fuck the guy. we talk about like how we like went out and stuff when we were growing up. And I think that cases like this are so difficult because you don't realize how good of a group of guys that you like you hung out with and like you partied with and did all these things until you hear cases like this because we like, we this is, this is unreal that 18 year olds and 15 year olds i know it happens obviously it happens because there's no shortage of cases to read about where it happens but just the f it's so fucked up that mm -hmm. so many of those people exist in the world, you know? I just can't imagine being, I just can't imagine any of this at all. But 
Oof, this one got me. Yeah, and honestly, had this case, just as a observation, this case would not go the way that it went today. No. Not a chance. One, no. cell phones. <laughs> like, someone would have seen something happening at a party with no adults and a bunch of teenagers with Snapchat. Mm-hmm. It's just not great. Like, I... You've realized how, I don't, like, you've realized how unsafe you put, like, how many unsafe situations you were in. I mean, I was 16, 17, shit canned at parties. Like, <laughs> shit canned. I remember I, I was there. <laughs> I, I used to be the girl that would get to the party drunk. Like, I would be pre-gaming before we even went. I was like chugging vodka in the car like that was me i was that girl i put myself into a situation to be intoxicated but i never thought i was putting myself into a situation to be raped and i always felt comfortable just like i'm sure lee felt like i felt comfortable with the people we were with like i felt like hey you know this is okay and you realize looking back like i think of we've talked about it all the time. Like I think about like, I have kids and I think about like my daughter, I think about like, I cringe at her being in the situations that I was in. And I can't imagine being slut shamed for being murdered. Yeah. By like, that's disgusting. By that's, an entire town. By that's the grossest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Like that is disgusting. It's infuriating. And I know that it, like, it obviously still happens. Like, there are still a lot of people with that mindset that, you know, well, what were, what were you doing? Like, you put yourself in harm's way, but that's not how that works. Like, it's the very base. We're not going to, like, tell girls what they can and can't wear. We're going to tell people not to rape them. Yes. Like, <laughs> that's the rule. Like, don't rape people. Not, it is not don't that wear hard. it's not that don't hard wear clothes you've been to your local walmart there's someone for everyone you don't have to rape people you don't have to rape someone you just don't you don't you don't have to just think in your head hey i'm not gonna rape anyone today and then guess what you just don't you just don't do it it's so weird how that works so weird, weird how you make a decision like that i just Ugh. i i realized like how bad things could have went but we really did grow up with like the most stand-up group of guys in that sense because for the most part like they were like our big brothers who i feel like they were more protective over us than we were of ourselves a lot of times and by we i mean me because you didn't really <laughs> feel like that <laughs> but like you should be able to like is it is it what 16 year olds should be out doing? Look, I know it's not like, I know there's way more wholesome ways to be spending your afternoons. I don't want my, yeah, but they're also like becoming adults. Like yes. in a couple of years, they're going to make their own decisions. They're going to do that stuff. And you, there's not going to be a parent there to tell them like, yes or no. Like, do we hope the same thing you said? Like, do we hope we put them, put the ability to make good choices in their hands? Sure. But they're not always like, no one has always ever made like decisions that were right or safe for them. I think... And I'm not saying that to, you know, make any judgment on 
the decisions that Lily made or the decisions that any of those girls at that party made by not saying anything. I'm just saying, like, we all do dumb things. We do. Not, and it, it doesn't make you, it doesn't make you dumb. No. For doing dumb things. It just makes you human. And I remember, I remember being called a slut and a whore before I had even had sex. Just In the because- third grade, a group of girls told me that they couldn't be friends with me because I shook my butt too much when I walked. In my the third grade, getting slut shamed. <laughs> my daughter just asked, asked me like a week or two ago why my butt moved when I walked. <laughs> You said asked you at first and that makes <laughs> you. Asked. It's just I I think back and like the and like all you can do is like take your take the experiences and then be a better parent to your kids based off of the experiences that you had. Like my mom, I love her. My mom, my parents were super strict. Meg can tell you. My parents were the strictest parents, which is probably why I was so deceitful and like rebellious because I had no freedom ever. Like I was always like, oh, I'm in Megan's house. And like that was like the furthest <laughs> my that was the furthest <laughs> my leash was allowed to go. But now I think about it like how unsafe it was to not ever have my parents know where I was. And so I tell my kids even now. I don't care what you are doing. If you call me, I'm going to come and you won't be in trouble. As long as you call me and tell me. You have to call me. Like you have to call me and be like, I need to ride home right now. There's no questions asked. I'll come get you. My son was at a birthday party and he just wasn't vibing. And he just called me. He's like, I want to come home. And it was like the most inopportune time. I had like just gotten like my comfy pants on. And I was like ready to bed. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes. No, and like, that's the that's okay. That's we have the yeah. same rule. Like my kid has called me at eleven thirty at night uh, from her grandma's house, being like, "I don't want to be here anymore," and I have gone to pick her up at midnight when she yep. should have already been asleep. My, like, honestly, him. I don't want to sleep anywhere else either. So I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> I told him because like I got in the car and it was him and one of his other friends who wanted to go or wanted to leave, and um, his friend was like, "Thank you so much." Like, thanks for just coming to get us. And I was like, bro, you got it. His friend didn't want to be there either? No, I'll be honest. There was nothing against the party. Those boys had it in their head from the moment they left my house that day that they wanted to be at the soccer park. So as soon as they had a minute to be like, we want to go play soccer, like, they were like, we want to go. Because they're like, we've we've made an appearance. Now we're done. Made our appearance, which I'm like, same. I do the same. That, that is exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, that's what you do. You show up. I remember every time we went somewhere, you'd be like, hey, to eat and run, but that's right. what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> All of our family things we would do. I'd be like, I hate to eat and run, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I'll see you guys later. That is a quote I have burned into my memory from you forever. <laughs> hey, to eat and run. Hey, to eat and run. <laughs> that's what I, I would go and be like, hey, guys, what's up? Hello. Hello, grandma. Looking great. Love you guys. What are you doing with your hair? This looks awesome. Yeah, this is Megan. No, we're not dating. This is just my best friend. I told you guys that last year. <laughs> you were just waiting for us to feel comfortable enough <laughs> to share like, our love. Honey, I was comfortable then. I would have screamed it from the mountaintop. <laughs> I needed it for douchebags. I would have gotten a t-shirt with your face on it. I would have done that anyways, but. <laughs> did we get did I get drunk and tell her repeatedly how much I loved her and how much I couldn't live without her? Yes. 
But don't you all? Don't you all? We all have yeah. those moments too. I'm sorry. I had to make that little light because this in I was like crying through this. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a lot. I just like felt really angry um, when I found this case. It was also a listener request um, that just called to me and I felt it, it was the same thing. Like we are glad it's been forgiven. One, it hasn't. We'd like it to be forgotten. No, it never will be because no. people like us and our listeners right now are going to hear this and be like, no, that's not okay. I hope he's trending by the end of the time. Like people stop listening to this episode. I hope they're, they run this post up. Matthew Webster, Australia, boy. <laughs> Coming for you. Ended. Ugh. If it was the podcast, well, that sucked. The, uh, the police got investigated for, um, like doing a shitty investigation. I was like being shitty police officer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was just ours sometimes. <laughs> even Carrie Carrington, the woman who wrote that book, she got pulled when they were when they were investigating the police officer, she got called in to be questioned and they questioned her for longer than any witness and they were trying to like break down her character and she was like no you're not gonna do this not at all um but they ended up saying that they while there were some questionable things that they did and they could have done differently that it ended up being exactly how it should have been so this the original <laughs> judgment stayed well that no fuck you guys i'm gonna go <laughs> well we hope you guys enjoyed our secret bonus episode drop today hope you listen to all the spooky stories i just realized we didn't put up an instagram post for it like right as i'm saying this today wasn't that monday no it didn't come out till like midnight because i had halloween shit to do oh so we had two secret episodes well we had a regular and a secret Mm -hmm. okay so the bonus episode for patreon which I can't say the word very well because my fat tongue. Hinterkaifeck. Hinterkaifeck. That's on Patreon right now for our $7 and $10 tier members. Um, We had a spooky haunted places that dropped. And a little secret love, love note to you guys. Yeah. I have two more previously released episodes that will be coming out, but... When I went to remaster them, they're taking a lot more work than what I initially anticipated because because of how much you've learned and how much you've grown as an editor and a producer. If you guys listen from the beginning, I really applaud you. I hope you enjoyed the improvement and the sound quality and the editing cuts. Thank you. (laughs) I would like to thank me for me. I would like to thank me for all this hard work. Because holy crap, I listened to it and I was like, why do we sound like we're in a fish tank because we kind of were because we had 90 99 microphones not even i don't even think that was that much i had uh an old mic i had mm, an old mx i had just like a random one my husband bought the streamers used and i was like this is not what i need good sir it got the job done we still put it out there (laughs) use what you got yeah exactly what we did 
That's why we are. I always tell people when they're wanting to start a new podcast, like just get like if you have to spend money in any area first, do the mic. Yeah, but also just do do the podcast. Like, you don't have yeah, just do the podcast. podcast. You don't have to. No, because you don't have a fancy mic. You don't have to have anything. You no. just have to have content. Yeah, and you're the and content, then, so do it. And then eventually. You'll buy new mics and you'll look back two years later at your old sound quality and be like, what the fuck was I doing? It's the best way to do it. Because you learn and grow. You can't start off the best if you did. Like, how would you know? How would you know you improved? <laughs> you wouldn't. That's true. That's true. That's been a hard lesson for, I know, me to learn and I'm sure you to learn too. Can't start off being the best. <laughs> <laughs> because normally I am. <laughs> Normally or else don't, you don't do it anymore. Normally, I am fully prepared before I start, or I will not start. Oh my god! <laughs> How are your nails going, by the way? Uh, actually, really good. I just did a soak today, so I can put new ones on. But I'm on like I've gotten pretty decent at it. I just ordered new polish. Nice. Actually, I did so well the last time that I'm doing uh, one of the girls here in town. Ooh, now, nice. like, yeah sure i'll throw some nail polish on you i got my little uv light and i heard an Six led light you can do mine for graduation yeah i will and uh, honestly my own nails my little club nails are looking a lot better too looking fancy looking fancy i'm a little swollen right now though because you know Ooh, i bought a pink christmas tree today i finally did it you've been talking about one for like three years I know I have <laughs> and I saw it today popped up in my ads like it knew it was November 1st and I was like it's Christmas and I saw it I was like this is it this is the year and I did it I bit the bullet I bought an eight foot pink Christmas tree hell yeah where'd you get it from Hobby Lobby no Wayfair Ooh, I love Wayfair <laughs> I love it I have like four rugs from there really I think <laughs> I have one from there too actually Sometimes I don't know if I'm like, often, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Sometimes I, if I'm going to buy, if I have an ad pop up like that, I know within the first, if I go to that site in the first 15 seconds, if I'm going to just make the purchase, if I linger too long, I'm not going to do it. No, I did. I actually, I put it in my car and then I shopped around like, oh, is there anything else I want here? I looked at like bed sheets because I was like, could use some bed sheets. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a mattress, added a mattress to my car and bed sheets. And then I was like, I need a comforter if I'm getting bed sheets. And then I looked at the total. And I took everything out but the tree and bought the tree. Sounds <laughs> about right. Like I could be spending this much, but instead I'm only going to spend this much. Maybe you know what better crazy is i am horror like if any of our patrons will be love happy to know my medication has like been mel like leveled out and i my spending spree has halted leveled it has halted leveled <laughs> and of course it comes like my logic comes back just as i want one of those stanley cups <laughs> like just the with the handle like the whole thing because my hydro flask is a little too i was like oh i want one of the stanley ones and i was like i can't bring myself to do it i gotta wait for my next manic episode oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's um I, there's a girl at school who has one but it's an off-brand one i'll find out what it is for you nope can't do it, it has to be a stanley one that's what tiktok got, told me to buy uh i bought my dad a stanley 
Starbucks collab thermos a couple years ago, and it came with a French press for the thermos, so you can like fresh French coffee in it. He never uses it. It makes me sad. I kind of want to steal it back, but it was a Christmas gift, so I can't. I would. I'd be like, hey, are you going to use that? He uses the thermos part. He just doesn't use the French press part. And I like I make a French press every day, and I'm like, yeah, this would do. be so ideal for me to just like make my French press and be out the door with my thermos. I should have bought myself one. I love cups so much. That's my favorite thing to buy. I have so many of them, which is why I was like, I want a Stanley cup. And then I was like, oh, I'm not going to get it yet. I'll wait. It's almost great. You could just ask for one for the nope, holiday. I have, I have a distinct list that I've already made. I've curated it of all the things I would like to have for Christmas in order of importance. You can't add a Stanley cup to it. No, because I think my mom already bought my gift is what my husband told me. And I want a necklace from my husband for Christmas. A I necklace? Had, yeah, just like a, it sounds really cheesy, but I really like the dainty ones with just like one single, like solitaire, like just a small one. And I had one that I had for years and I broke it. Mm -hmm. And then like the thing fell off of it because it was like, it was a fake one. But I want like a nice one. That was like, I, that's all I want for Christmas. I want you to buy me something nice here's the exact nice thing i want you i want you to buy me here's my list <laughs> yes i'm in my 30s and i make a christmas list i do too um i actually just kind of make it throughout the year when i'm like oh i like this but i would never buy this for myself mm -hmm. and i add it and then at the I, end somebody asks me i have it ready i add the stuff to it that i can't that i can be okay with waiting like if i have to wait till after christmas to buy it myself i will it's not a big deal but I can't add the things like I know I'm going to end up buying for myself on there because my mom hates that. She's like, I always try to get you stuff. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I already grabbed it. Like I got Shania Twain. I got the pre-sale code for Shania Twain tickets. So hopefully I can buy Shania oh, Twain nice. And then I got my verified fan registration confirmation for Taylor Swift. I hope you get those. I, I have four different people getting trying to get them for me, so I'm going to get them. You're like, I'm getting these tickets or else. Mm -hmm. Or else I'm going to unplug the cables and there'll be no cord or no concert. Well, there won't be any cords either because I'm taking those with me. You're going to just tunnel underground in. If I can't it. have it, nobody can have it. Because listen, <laughs> I was... A, I had bought Taylor Swift reputation tickets. I was I had great seats. I was so excited to go. And then I got pregnant with my daughter. And I w it was four weeks from my due date. And I had already went into labor twice. And my husband like, You're like I, today's it. not the day. I can't he go. cut it down. He was like, you, because he doesn't tell me like a hard no on many things. He was like, you cannot go to this. And I like but cried. If you gave birth at a Taylor Swift concert, she definitely would have tweeted about that. Right? That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna wear a shirt and everything, and then it would have been an and like it, it didn't help that it was in Indianapolis and we lived in like Dayton, the Dayton area, so it was like a two-hour drive to. Uh, it was too far. Like, it was too far, and then I was like, I could go to the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. I'd name her Taylor Peyton Manning. <laughs> It'd be perfect. Taylor Peyton Manning. This is <laughs> just not even the last name that's correct. It's beautiful. I love it. I say for your next pretend child, that's that's the name you go with. That's the first thing I says. Like I will be pregnant at this concert. Mama's wearing sequins. 
<laughs> I'm going to be very sparkly. Okay. On that note, for real, we will talk to you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime, a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're, we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. 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 <laughs>